Everything we produce is made in a human food facility from 100% human food grade ingredients. It's basically people food that's been formulated to meet the needs of pets. Welcome to the Story Exchange, featuring the stories and strategies of entrepreneurial women around the world. I'm Colleen DeBase, and we'll be joined later by Sue Williams, co-founder of the Story Exchange. Listen closely. That is the sound of two very happy dogs. They're eating a gourmet meal of meats and vegetables. Definitely not your typical kibble. Boy, Charlie. Finished? The chef behind this artisanal canine feast is their owner, the British-born Lucy Postens. She runs a company in San Diego called The Honest Kitchen, which makes a range of delicious-sounding dishes for dogs and cats. Some might say over-the-top dishes for dogs and cats. You can choose from things like Midwestern beef with papaya and dandelion greens, or line-caught whitefish with sweet potatoes and parsley, all made with organic, non-genetically modified, gluten-free ingredients. In fact, the exact same stuff that can be found in human meals. And when I say exact same stuff, I mean that literally. It's called human-grade pet food. The only thing different is that the meals come in dehydrated form, sort of like astronaut food. All you do is add water and stir. Here's what Lucy says about it. We've had a few customers over the years threatening to feed the food to their husbands. I don't know if anybody has, but uh, it's, it's certainly there's nothing in there that you can't eat. Now, Lucy, like a lot of us, is crazy about her pets. Good boy. Oh my gosh. Can it take off with that tail? And one dog in particular, a Rhodesian Ridgeback named Mosey, inspired her to create the Honest Kitchen back in 2002. This is probably where we should tell you. She now makes $21 million in annual revenue selling this pet food. That's right, $21 million. And she's not alone either. More entrepreneurs than ever are serving the billion-dollar pet industry. There's a lot of competition out there, big names you've heard of like Purina and Pedigree, but there's also a lot of opportunities. Americans own more pets than ever. If you look at the census, there's actually more households with dogs than children. And a lot of people treat those pets like children. Good babies. This way. It's not like the old days anymore when dogs were lucky to get table scraps. So if you've got an idea for a kitty product or a puppy play toy, this is a podcast for you. In this episode of the Story Exchange, we'll look at how Lucy Postens turned her passion for pets into a multi-million dollar business. If you go to our website, storyexchange.org, you can see a video we produced on Lucy telling her complete story. Today, we're going to share snippets from that conversation so you can get a sense of how she did it. Our tale begins in Lucy's kitchen some 13 years ago. Rhodesian Ridgeback dog who I'd had for about a year and he was suffering with a number of different health problems with his skin and some recurring ear infections and things like that. Um, So I really began trying to think of a way to address that through nutrition Um, and I ended up settling on a a homemade raw food diet and um, began concocting my own meals for my dog Mosey. I loved the results. It was really amazing how much his ear infections and things improved, but ended up with a terribly messy kitchen. I had broccoli and blood and all sorts of things all over the place. Now, broccoli and blood are not the first things I think of when I think of dog food, or any kind of food for that matter. 
But keep in mind, Lucy was experimenting with fresh, wholesome ingredients. She wanted something that Mosey would eat, that would clear up his skin, and that was much healthier than traditional dry kibble, which really was the only thing on the market at the time. There are a lot of horror stories around what goes into conventional pet food. I've been to um, a pet food rendering plant and that horrific stench where you literally have to breathe through your mouth. It's just too awful to even breathe through your nose. Um, The rendering and the heating of, of ingredients to make these pellets. Dry food in general, the pellets that so many unfortunate pets eat every day have been linked with kidney problems and urinary tract issues because they cause a state of chronic dehydration in the pet, which takes a toll on the kidneys after many years. All this explains why Lucy was looking for a better option for her pet. But of course, as she chopped up and pureed fresh ingredients, she found the whole thing to be a bit of a mess, plus not exactly convenient. So I just began thinking of a way to continue feeding a a sort of a fresh whole food diet that was made with real ingredients, um, but in a format that was a little bit less messy to prepare. And that's really where the idea for dehydration came from. So removing the moisture from the fresh ingredients, leaving everything else behind. So now Lucy has a whole bunch of this healthy astronaut food for her dog. That's when the proverbial light bulb went off. So I began feeding Mosey a concoction of my own dehydrated blends. And uh, he did really well on that and sort of got the idea that we could make a little business from it. So I had some friends help me build a website and I placed a test order and logged into PayPal to make sure it had gone through couldn't believe my eyes that somebody from Virginia had actually beaten me to it and somehow tracked down our website and placed an order. And uh, I was just absolutely flabbergasted with this and uh, ended up losing money on that order. Lucy set up a FedEx account so she could get her shipping costs in order. And before she knew it, mostly through word of mouth, she had regular customers. It just took off and snowballed and... I often think of the business as being an animal in many regards. It's sort of got a mind of its own and it just does its own thing. And very often we just feel like we're here for the ride. One thing that's remarkable to me about Lucy's story is the relatively high price she charges. Pet food that you could theoretically feed your dog and your husband is not cheap. For instance, a 10-pound box of the Honest Kitchen food can run as high as $110 or so. Keep in mind, 10 pounds will yield about 40 pounds when water is added. But by comparison, if you were to buy a 40-pound bag of Purina or Pedigree, that is much, much cheaper, just about $20. So persuading customers that they need to buy organic food for their pets and then getting them to pay five times as much as they're used to, you'd think that would be a challenge. But people are buying this, which Lucy attributes in part to the artisanal food movement trickling down to pets. She now sells about 4 million pounds of food a year through more than 4,000 specialty shops in the U.S. and Canada, plus some Whole Foods locations and, of course, the Honest Kitchen's website. Lucy says it's the ingredients that set her apart from the competition. We use a lot of organic ingredients, so things like our oats, barley and flaxseed are all 100% organic. Um, Then we use all non-genetically modified produce, um, everything from cranberries and apples through green beans and celery, pumpkins, sweet potatoes and lots of other delicious things. By the way, if you're wondering if dogs are supposed to eat things like cranberries and pumpkins, the answer is yes. Lucy says it's important. 
Yeah, there are lots of different people foods that are really very beneficial for cat and dog health, just as they are for humans. Um, things like cranberries have compounds in them that help to prevent bacteria from adhering to the bladder wall, so they can really be helpful in addressing urinary tract problems and infections, things like that. Now, we're making all this sound easy, but starting up wasn't without its challenges. Later in this podcast, we'll look at some of the problems Lucy ran into, including one with the government when she marketed her product as human grade. But first, let's take a step back and look at Lucy's background. At the Story Exchange, we like to show how women from all different walks of life can become entrepreneurs. And if you've never checked out our site, please do so. It's thestoryexchange.org. We're a nonprofit media company, and we produce articles and videos about women business owners. I'm being joined now by Sue Williams, co-founder of the Story Exchange, who spent a day with Lucy in San Diego and produced a video profile of her for our site. Welcome, Sue. Hello. So first, tell me a little bit about the Honest Kitchen's office. It sounds like a fun place to work. Well, it really is. Her office is a loft in an old Wonder Bread factory, and it has this really warm feel to it. Lucy has nearly 40 employees now, and it seems like every one of them brings their dog to work. They're like, they're just dogs everywhere. They're mutts and mongrels and these big old things sleeping next to almost every desk. <laughs> when I walked in, I actually wondered if having a dog was a requirement for the job. And you'd think it would be chaotic with all these animals around, but they all seemed to get on, and while we were filming, we actually had no barking interruptions at all. <laughs> That's great. So tell me a little bit about Lucy's background. She has a degree in animal studies, right? Yeah, she does. Um, Lucy grew up in a very small village in the south of England, and like so many English schoolgirls, she had a passion for horses and spent a lot of her free time riding and taking care of them and grooming them and mucking out stables. And at school, she loved biology. She loved learning about human and animal bodies and how they worked. She was actually pretty funny when she was talking to me because she said she didn't know you could actually get a college degree in equine studies. But when she learned that she could spend four years studying just horses, she was thrilled. And so that's what she did at Warwickshire College. She studied horse anatomy and physiology. And they also had these really good ancillary courses of business and finance studies related to animals. So they were really training students to be able to get careers with animals. Oh, that's great. Well, it sounds like she was probably in heaven. Oh, she was, yep. So how did she end up coming to the U.S.? Well, she was just finishing her studies in 1996 when her boyfriend, now husband, got a job in San Diego. So she moved here with him, and she got her first job in the U.S. It was at a pet food company called Solid Gold, and she did marketing and product development for them. This all means that she had a great deal of scientific know-how and marketing experience before she began formulating her pet food for her dog. I mean, she wasn't just thinking about leftover people food. Let's listen to what she said. Um, I think I was doing an element of, of what's done in Europe in terms of feeding leftovers to my dog, Mosey. Um, but I, in my mind, and I think from my degree, there's a little bit more of a science to it. There's an, it's not quite the same as trying to feed a human all the time, and it's very difficult to scientifically formulate a recipe just using leftover scraps. So I wanted something that was um, sort of a, a properly nutritionally balanced and complete finished product that met my dog's complete daily requirements for all of his vitamins and minerals and amino acids. So that's where I sort of began formulating a recipe that would be just perfect for him. So about eight months later, Lucy turned this into a business. 
And of course, as you said earlier, she's now making $21 million a year doing this. And I have to say, it's really impressive what she's achieved just already because, you know, Honest Kitchen's still a very young company. Yeah, that is impressive. Anything else strike you about Lucy or how she runs her business? Yeah, when you walk into her offices, there's a sign on the door saying she won't use any ingredients from China. And that struck me as pretty strong. Let's listen to a bit of the tape where we talk about that. China is the country that was implicated in some huge pet food recalls a number of years ago. And I think a lot of people were pretty shocked and horrified about the magnitude of those recalls and how far reaching they really were. And it turned out that the culprit was um, melamine-tainted ingredients from China. And as a result of that, we completely phased out any Chinese origin ingredients from our product lineup. So actually, that must have helped your company quite a lot. It was, it was a horrible way to have gained new business, but we did end up with a lot of new customers at that time, people that were just absolutely devastated about what had been going on within the industry, and they literally switched food several times and finally landed on us through their research and wanted something that was a little bit more trustworthy. And because all of our ingredients are 100% human grade and we literally don't make anything that we can't taste ourselves, it's really a line in the sand in terms of what people can expect and and trust us for. Um, So can you remind me what melamine is? Yeah, it's basically a compound that was being put into a number of protein products in China at the time. It makes food look like they have more protein. It kind of bulks them out. But melamine is actually more commonly used in plastic. Ugh, sounds awful. Good to know she doesn't use it. So uh, thanks for sharing a bit more about Lucy's background. I think some of the biggest challenges over the years have actually been my ingrained desire to always try and be different from everybody else. We've been looking at Lucy Postens, a Brit who came to this country, came up with a new and improved idea for pet food, and captured a piece of the market. But of course, the journey wasn't always so easy. From time to time, she hit a few speed bumps, starting with her very first production run. Let's listen. I set out to find a manufacturer that would be willing to actually blend basically a pet food in their human food facility alongside things like breakfast cereals and trail mix and and bakery blends and things like that. And it was actually hard in the early days. There was sort of a, a stigma associated with being pet food. So one of the initial challenges was really trying to explain to the blending companies, the co-packers, this is actually people food. It's just simply being formulated to meet the nutritional needs of cats and dogs. Eventually, Lucy found a manufacturer willing to work with her. So the um, the very first manufacturer that blended the food for us, they were based just outside of Los Angeles, and I'd worked very closely with them to um, get my formulation transferred over, and I purchased all of our own raw ingredients and I'd had everything sent to the plant for them to blend a a little test run which was going to be 20 pounds of finished product just to make sure they could do it and I was very excited that the rep was going to come to my house with my very first bag of food and he came to the front door and we tore open this brown paper sack of food and I literally was just devastated because it was it had basically turned into a bag of flour they had blended it for so long on their ribbon blender and just pulverized it i sort of said this isn't quite what i was looking for and it's supposed to look like muesli and the whole point is that people can see what they're feeding their dog they want to actually know what it is it's not going to be these pulverized brown chunks that people are used to feeding and i closed the door and sent him away to try again and i'm 
ended up sitting there crying with my dog that afternoon. So this does have a happy ending. The manufacturer did eventually get it right and Lucy started selling her muesli for pets. She stayed with that manufacturer for many years until she outgrew them. And then we're actually on our fourth manufacturing facility now as we've grown and, and outgrown different places and we always like to have a couple of places making the food so there's a backup. So we're now in a, a facility just outside of Chicago. We now have an employee, an Honest Kitchen employee, who's based in Chicago and he's overseeing all of our production. And it's still to this day, the Honest Kitchen's foods are made on the exact same equipment as mac and cheese and bakery mixes and everything else that people eat. Everything else that people eat. Now we get to one other huge challenge that Lucy faced as she was growing her company. It turned out the government didn't like that she was calling her pet food human grade. I think it was in 2004. It's a, a pretty bittersweet time for me. Um, I had a newborn baby. Talia had been born in the January. And right around that time, one of the departments of agriculture had questioned the fact that I was saying human grade on, on my labels. And they said, you, you can't say this. It's pet food. You, it's not legal to say it's human grade. And I said, well, but it is. <laughs> and they said, well, you're going to have to go to FDA and work with them. And if, if you want to say human grade, FDA is going to have to approve it before you can say it on your labels. So I reached out to FDA and I worked with a, a doctor there at the Center of Veterinary Medicine, as well as somebody from the USDA. And I had to provide affidavits from every single one of our suppliers promising that the ingredient that they were selling to the Honest Kitchen was in fact the, the exact same ingredient that they were selling to multiple other companies for use in human food products. So things like the celery were being used in soup mixes and our cranberries were used in trail mix and breakfast cereals. All that documentation as well as the FDA inspections from the plant itself the place that was making the food and packaging it for us, showing all the other ingredients they made and testifying that they were making our Honest Kitchen food on the same equipment that was being used to make breakfast cereals. And finally, after all those regulatory hoops, FDA gave me a statement of no objection to use the term human grade on our labels. And we did check with the FDA. The agency confirmed that it did indeed work with Lucy on this. Now, she says to her knowledge, the Honest Kitchen is the only pet food company that is approved to say human grade on its label. That we couldn't get confirmed, as the FDA doesn't maintain a public list of pet food manufacturers who want to market their food as such. But regardless, what a battle. And it's certainly Lucy's competitive advantage over most other companies. Her customers, and she has a lot of loyal ones now, often tell her that Honest Kitchen products have cured their pets chronic health problems or allow them to stop taking steroids or antibiotics. These days, the Honest Kitchen's success has attracted a lot of attention. Lucy has taken on investors, including the owners of Cliff Bar, Gary Erickson and Kit Crawford, and also the private equity firm Alliance Consumer Group. She and her husband Charlie, who wound up joining the company in 2007, are still majority owners. Before concluding this podcast, I did want to circle back to Lucy's original inspiration, her dog Mosey. Now, Mosey has since gone to that great dog park in the sky, but Lucy has two more Rhodesian Ridgebacks, Taro and Willow, who are definitely the dominant dogs in the office, and they currently taste all her recipes and give the paws up or paws down on new flavors. Mosey's influence, however, is still present. Mm-hmm. 
There are a couple of ingredients that from the very early days Mosey didn't approve of, one of which that sticks out in my mind is tomatoes. And uh, to this day, tomatoes have never made it into one of my finished recipes. Join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing the things you'd never dream of. Or maybe you would. This has been The Story Exchange. If you like what you've heard, visit our website at thestoryexchange.org, where you'll find news, videos, and tips for women entrepreneurs. I'm Colleen DeBase, editing help provided by Nusha Balon. Interview recorded by Sam Shin. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong.